Welcome to the Homeschool Together podcast. Where one working mom and a stay-at-home dad help you navigate the nuts and bolts of the growing and dynamic world of homeschooling. With a focus on early learners. Like me! All the ins and outs of building and maintaining your homeschool life. Homeschool! Find out tips and tricks to make things like this easier. I'm reading! And ultimately, enjoy educating your kids. And what's that last thing? Have fun together! Did I do good, Daddy? (laughs) Yeah, you did, sweetie. Good job. Hello and welcome to Homeschool Together, one of the hottest growing, fastest growing podcasts in the world. (laughs) 10,000 downloads already. We're yeah, pr- we talked about that last time. We're pretty excited. We're pretty, we're pretty excited. So today we're going to be talking. We're about, growing some more. We're growing so, but we may actually get ourselves a Roku channel. <laughs> Maybe not. But today we're going to be talking a little bit about Roku and the the beauty of Roku and how we use it in our homeschool. Um, but before we begin, if you could head down in the show notes, see all the great resources that we have down there. Link us to link yourself to our social media. Connect with us there. Um, and also, at the very bottom, there's a link to a YouTube channel where I encourage everybody to go because Ariel is starting to make videos. <laughs> She's making Trello videos. It's like Matt's every dream has come true. I, He's been trying to push me to do YouTube stuff for a long time. Oh, for so long, guys. <laughs> I, I, I can't tell you. I have I have one of the best screen capture tools out there. So cool. So convenient. I was like, sweetie, you need to start making YouTube videos. The, the people the people are clamoring for it. <laughs> They're, they're, it's like World War Z. They're climbing up the mountain, you know, they're climbing up the, the, the giant wall. Right. And they're for, like, for my Trello tips. For <laughs> <laughs> but that's what's on there. It's Tre- Trello's so lit these days. <laughs> you know, if you listened to, back to our episode, I want to say it's 38, we talked a, a lot about Trello yeah, and how we use yeah. that uh, for homeschool planning. It's just a really terrific free tool that you can do so much with. It's so flexible and it's all online. And so I did um, I did a bunch of videos. I did one where I, I just kind of went into the basics of like how we would plan our week, mm-hmm. how we mm-hmm. use Trello. Um, you can hear a lot more in the episode, but that's just kind of a visual. And then I did a bunch of really short videos on some specific kind of advanced topics and things Absolutely. about how to link cards together and how to bring in book covers to cards easily and integrate Excel and just some different cool things. So I, I can hear out. I can hear their ears watering already, <laughs> mouth watering goodness there. And um, we're actually thinking about I don't know if we want to say it, but you know you, you were thinking about doing some book reviews. Um, maybe doing yeah. a little bit of unboxings. We have, we're trying to get ourselves a nice little kind of studio presence to see if we can do something where you actually may be able to see our my beautiful hands and Ariel's beautiful face um, <laughs> on YouTube. <laughs> that sounded weird. Look, no, no, no. Matt is thinking he's going to do some of the unboxings. And, and that's you'll why see you'll see his hands. My, my, and I'm thinking about doing the reviews, which is why you see my face. It, it just, it sounded weird. When you no, said it, it sounded weird. No, it's like in Zoolander where you know, have the million dollar hands, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It just, it sounded slightly strange. But know. that's what we meant by that, no, okay? That, that, that whole line was fully intent that was that was by design <laughs> okay that was by design you, I, I gotta not question you yeah it's like apollo's arrow straight on through no big deal <laughs> <laughs> anyway so um today we're gonna be talking about roku um roku yeah, we... what is roku um people may have heard about it people may have seen it you may have heard of some of the other competitors that are out there for roku and we have tried i think all three of the big competitors for it and we have yeah. settled on roku being um, the thing that we focus all of our entertainment around. All what, of our media. All of our media is around it, yeah. This was part of our Facebook group. We did a poll a while back to see what you know technology parts of homeschool that uh, folks really wanted to learn about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trello was the first one we did, and then how to integrate YouTube into your homeschool, so you can check out that episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, now we're getting to the the granddaddy of Mall. Roku. Roku. The, thing, the thing that we use probably on a daily basis when it I comes think it's to the thing we use the most, right? Because I mean, it just it pulls everything together. It does, and in it's an such a beautiful package. So, what is Roku? Um, the best way to describe it is is probably compared to some of its other, you know, kind of kissing cousins. Uh, the yeah. Amazon Fire Stick 
and the Chromecast, the Google Chromecast are right. probably things you probably have heard about. It's like a media, it's a, a streaming media aggregator is I guess what I would say, right? So it's a platform that you can bring in various different types of content and it's like they're, they're apps like you'd have on your phone. Um, so you, it kind of turns your, it, basically it comes in one of two forms. If you get a Roku, it comes in one of two forms. It comes in a stick-based format, which is something that you plug into a wall that plugs into the stick that then plugs into your TV. To it, a USB port. No, it, uh, yeah, the, H, mean, sorry, the HDMI. HDMI port. And what it does is it, it connects to the Wi-Fi and it has onboard, it uh, has some built-in um, kind of an operating system that you can install channels and apps and we'll go through a number of the things. Yeah, it's super easy. You just yeah. you, you search and you type the name, you say type YouTube and then boom, the YouTube channel gets so, loaded on. It's so, real simple. So the first thing you might see is a stick um, and those are the most common that you're seeing. But now um, Roku is, is partnering with a number of TV manufacturers. And so there are a number of TV manufacturers that are saying- TCL maybe is Yeah, there's one. a few that are using Roku as the centerpiece of their quote unquote smart TVs. I mean, if everybody remembers maybe about- 10 years ago, we started to see smart TVs with things that were kind of built into a television, kind of mm -hmm. making the television kind of a computer, but not like a full-on Windows computer. They kind of do these like weird hybrid kind of Yeah, and they're usually mobile. pretty clunky. And that's yeah. the thing. We, we first started out in this, you know, we, we tried to cut the cord years ago. We were like, you know, we we're paying for cable only so that Matt can watch college football. And we're like, yes. you know, we need, to, we need to cut the cord in the rest of the year that's not college football time. We don't want to have to pay for cable. So... We started experimenting. The first one we experimented with was Google Chromecast, which it's kind of big claim to fame is that something on your phone or your your iPad or something you can then cast to your TV screen. So, okay, I'm watching YouTube and then I'm going to send it to my TV screen and or I'm I'm looking at my browser at a web page and I can cast it to my TV screen. So that was kind of that. So it was good um, as a concept. It was a bit clunky and it didn't always work and, real well. Yeah, we got we got one of the first versions, and there was we had a connectivity problem, um, and you know, connecting either YouTube or our phones yeah, to was, the device, it was it was kind it was of spotty. And I think the problem was is that we run a lot of this stuff through uh, iOS apps and iOS phones uh, and Apple phones, and Google Chromecast is is probably more married better with an Android phone, right? And that you know all the features around that. So we settled on Roku, and Roku was yeah. the one that we felt was the best. We also had a Fire Stick, which is the Amazon one. And yeah, that and that one, I, you know, I didn't care for. One of the things I didn't like about it was that there, it, it, it was it, because it was proprietary, right? So the problem we had with kind of Chromecast didn't really work exactly that way, but Fire Stick at least they weren't going to support some of the apps because they were like, oh. No, no, no. It was very you know, Amazon. It was very Amazon it, Garden. Yeah, this is yeah. competitive with something else, and so it was. And there was a lot of um, a lot of ads and things. I was trying to get you yeah. to rent or buy things from Amazon, so it was like, oh man, I'm just. You and that's know. one of the downsides, I think, to Amazon Prime in general, and Prime being kind of that, you know, an offshoot of the Fire Stick. So when you go through the Fire Stick, you're kind of in the Prime environment. Mm -hmm. And one of my issues with the Prime environment is that, you know, you pay the money. You're getting this, you know, you, you get free shipping, but then you also get, you know, music and this kind of streaming entertainment, you know, with movies mm -hmm. and shows. And that's kind of an afterthought for, for like what you get for the Prime membership. I think it's coming into its own. Yeah, it, it is. Obviously, I mean, they're dumping money into content. They're going to have the Lord of the Rings and the and the Wheel of Time series. Right. And I mean, they're definitely doing... The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Yeah, the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. <laughs> <They're>, uh, <laughs> Which I love. They're doing, you know, a lot of good content. And, you know, obviously, they're making really good movies and stuff like that. But from the standpoint of, like, when you're going through their platform, they, they are still Amazon. And Amazon is trying to sell you something. And a lot of the, you know, the the movies that are being shown there, whether it's renting or whether it's buying... It's hard to tell what is buying, what's not. So you get really excited to go, oh, I get to watch this. And then you click on it and you go, oh, rented for nine ninety nine. Right, or, and it's super dangerous with kids, right? That's yes. one of the things I love about Netflix. I mean, obviously you have to be careful and Netflix has a regular, you know, everything and then a kid's version. Um, but you can pass, you can, you can password protect the adult version. But I like that for the, the kids, right, you know, our daughter could pick anything and mm -hmm. we know it's going to be made for children and it's not going to cost us something so you know prime i feel like was like landmines yeah so we're, we're chromecast we had kind of like uh a, a performance problems we yeah. saw really spotty on the connectivity but that might have been an earlier 1.0 type of thing and where amazon fire stick kind of had this issue of 
wanting to sell you stuff all the time. And We've, I think the other competitor was Apple TV, which Apple we TV. never had, We'd but never. also was a big proprietary issue about yeah. Again, didn't have some apps you would want, right? And so you had to kind of pick and choose. For a while there, we had to have like some stuff on Chromecast, some stuff on Fire Stick. But also a Apple runs into the same problem as Amazon, which is everything in their garden um, you have to pay for. And mm -hmm. and that's not wasn't that wasn't what we were looking for, right? right? You know, if we like something, we'll end up buying it. But for the most part, we like streaming services. We like, you know, playing the things that we enjoy. We like the YouTube, so we like all that type of stuff. So for us, we kind of got really disillusioned on those type of platforms, and we decided to play around with the cutting the cord, and we played a little played a little bit with uh, YouTube TV before they jacked up the price. We got mm -hmm. excited about it, and we're like, "Wow, this is really cool." How do we connect this yeah, to not a TV, YouTube, but YouTube TV, TV where which you is pay? It's like different. a it's like cable service, but through YouTube. Yeah, and it used to be cheap. It used to be cheap. Yeah, and we were like, well, how do you, how are we going to connect this to our television if we don't have cable? And we were looking around. And we said, well, look at the Roku app, the Roku as being that that kind of that bridge to give us YouTube TV. And what the great thing about Roku is is that they're not there to sell you anything. They they want to sell you the hardware, the twenty five dollars or thirty dollars or whatever money they're getting from the TV manufacturer when they integrate their Roku into the television. But regardless of that, they're not there to sell you anything. They're just providing a streaming service. Once you pay for it, there's no service, there's no service plan, there's no recurring fees, there's nothing like that. And what's that's what I really love about it. You know, there's something um, to be said about paying for something and then not having to continue to pay for it. And yeah, it's always that's, irritating. And I think that's, you know, I think a lot of us are waking up going, oh, we wanted to cut the cord, and then all of a sudden we realize we're paying like $300 in all of our streaming services from it's music real problem. to TV to streaming things. And we go, my God, now I'm paying like three times as much as I used to. Yeah. And so the last thing I would want to do is get another piece of hardware that I'm paying another streaming service for. So anyway, that being said, we, we got the Roku, and we got a little, the little, the little stick. We plugged it in, um, and we we instantly fell in love with it. And you know, it's obviously we're not getting paid to. <laughs> this is not an ad. <laughs> no, but we, we have ha we have two. We we got your parents to buy a couple. At yeah, my their mom. House. My mom. I think my mom has a couple that is actually integrated into the television. And she was also using the Amazon Fire. Uh, I think one of her TVs has the Fire built into it. And she bought a Roku for that. And then she bought a Roku for that because she didn't like the Fire uh, interface. Yeah. And so. We, you know, we, we've been converting a lot of people over to the Roku's and, and everything. So let's get into what, you know, basically we've talked to, you know, why we ended up settling on Roku and mm -hmm. how we've gone through most of these options. One of the best things about Roku is you, you think about it like a phone, right? Where you have like a million apps and they organize a lot of their stuff by channels. And we, you know, there's like 5,000 channels, right? Which is basically an app. They call it a channel, but they have YouTube and Netflix and things and they're, they're apps. And, and in some respects... If you think of it like a channel, it is a TV channel, but it also is an app. It's kind of weird because it kind of is both because mm -hmm. we will go through a number of channels that we enjoy, you know, that we recommend. If, yeah, you have a Roku, if you have a Roku stick, we recommend you to have these channels installed. But one of the channels is Netflix, which is like basically an entire streaming service right there. It's not just a channel, but then another right. one might be, you know, PBS Kids. And that is literally like a TV station. Right, and so, some of them have live content that goes on, and some of them are only have things that you stream on demand when you want it. So there's a big mixture, but there's 5,000 different channels or apps that are on the Roku. So you're bound to find something you're interested in, even if it's very niche. Yeah, exactly. And what's great about the Roku is the price. The, the first thing right out the bat, I think their entry-level product is $25. So, I mean, that's a nothing burger for uh, entertainment, it, hardware, I mean, for computers, it, TVs, yeah. and everything. That is a nothing burger, throw away 25 bucks. Um, I think they have a, they have like a premium one that's a little bit more expensive. Yeah, they it's have like some, 45 they bucks have some or different ones that, you know, maybe like come with headphones that plug into the Roku remote. They have some different yeah. things, but the the base version of it is, you know, 25 bucks. very serviceable. And you can get There's it pretty no much difference. everywhere. You can get it everywhere. You can buy it on Amazon. You can buy it at like Best Buy. You can it, get it at Walmart. You it, can get it anywhere. There, you can get it anywhere. There's there's no difference in the channels that you can put on based on like the, the, the minimalist version to the highest version. I don't think that there's any actual difference in Correct. what you're allowed to and, install. And we have two sticks in the house. One for up in our bonus room, which is kind of our homeschool room. And then also one downstairs on our big television. And so between those two TVs, we, you know, 50 bucks, we got two Roku sticks and you know, we've been super happy with it. So, so the first thing with the Roku is that they give you a home screen. Yeah, and, this is my favorite part of it. And we we have been one. You know, I know Ariel and I. It seems silly now. It seems silly now, but like fifteen it was years hard. fifteen <laughs> years ago, we were looking at like 
the windows entertainment um they had a like a networking software that kind of did like an entertainment setup we've been looking for like an aggregator for years and mm-hmm. I, I mean i i'm sure that's where the genesis of roku came from where it's like, like how can i get everything in one place right. right we have all these things that we we stream how can i get it all in one place and they were they're able to do it in such a simple so easy easy way it's just like a nice little five-year-old can operate it with no problem no no lie our five-year-old can operate it it's a simple you know the remote is super simple there's only like eight buttons on the whole thing it's tiny super tiny and basically you get a nice little home screen that has a grid array of all the items that you want to put in there you don't get a they give you kind of a couple default but then you can install and uninstall remove the ones you want yeah i love you can if you only want to see two things if you want to see youtube and the smithsonian channel like and that's all you want to see that's all you can see exactly you don't have to you know they do they do have like um ad kind of ads that come up but they're they're um advertisements for other channels for things that are free but they're on the side they're, they're not like it's not a video ad well, or right and they're for things that are free like oh watch yeah. this movie for free on the roku channel the Ro- roku itself has its own channel and it's they offer some free movies with ads and some things so there there will be some advertisements that come across but they're not they're not in your face yeah they are free things and also the the, the ui around it like and that's something that goes to my heart with the software you know my software background it's the UI is very easy to use. Um, mm-hmm. It's very easy on the eyes. The colors, they have this great kind of scrolling screensaver that's really fun to, you know, kind of pick out all the movies that are kind of embedded yeah. within the city. Yeah, it's fun. And it's really, really cool. Um, I, It's so easy to use. It's so simple. Just, you know, obviously we said our five-year-old could use it. I love it. The other thing that we like about the Roku is that it's portable, right? So you can unplug it and you could take it to grandma's. You could take it on vacation, which we've done both both cases here. Right. It was great. We went to Disney um, yeah. a few years back with our older daughter. And we took our Roku with us. Yeah, we took it with us because we knew when we got done at the park for the day, she was going to be tired, but you know, we would want something to be able to watch. And you know, when you go to, like we rented a condo, you know, mm-hmm. when you go to places like that, it's like, I mean, maybe they have a DVD player. You don't know what's going to be on, if there's like well, going to be cable and what's going to be on there. And, and what's great about the portability is that when you plug it in, your home screen is there. All your apps are, are there because it's all local. Um, all your passwords are there. So all you got to do is log into the Wi-Fi and boom, everything's running. As opposed yeah, to having great. to log into your, you know, Netflix account on some rando you know, TV, and then who knows what's going to happen there. It's like, perfect, like in a hotel and things. Oh, yeah. as, as long as you're able to put in the Wi-Fi password, as you long have as you, you don't everything. have to go through, like some hotels you have to go through a portal on your computer and then put in the password. Like as long as you don't have to do that. And every time we've like rented a house or a condo or something, it's been really easy. Yeah, the Roku is great to take with you. Also, they have voice searching on the remote. So uh, a real nice little button. And put. that didn't used to work very well. No, it, they've improved it. It they, used to work awfully and yeah. now this last couple months well, they've, they've did a software update yeah what, what's happened is that they've rolled out voice searching across the other apps we'll talk we'll go into a little bit more depth on like youtube and stuff but you weren't able to do a voice search on youtube so you're having to like manually enter in every single letter and it just took forever but now they've added voice search for other apps they had it for the basic apps and like i think the, the roku side of the house and maybe like i thought it worked for youtube tv but it didn't work for every app now it seems like it's working for every single app. So yeah, they you just hold down the little microphone just on like, the remote and you know, talk into the remote search and it pulls up. Daniel Tiger, blah blah blah. And boom, it types it in for you. Yeah. It's so almost easy. It's almost bulletproof. I haven't had a lot of problems unless you get yeah. something really obscure. Really great voice recognition, really great search. So if you're just sitting on the couch and you want to search for something and you're in YouTube, boom, you could just hit the button, say, Hey, give me this thing, and boom, it comes right up. Yeah. Super easy. Next thing is um what we call this uh baby we can't wake up the baby mode yeah <laughs> so um they also support an app uh, on your phone which so is like, great when you lose the remote when you lose, yes so a double <laughs> which will happen inevitably so, so when the ba- so when the baby buries the remote like seven cushions into the couch <laughs> and you you haven't been able to find it for three days you can install the roku app on your android and your iso ios phone and uh, whatever the device is so whether it's an ipad or an iphone whatever it is and then you can control the tv from your phone but also they have a great headphone option which you have used yeah it's really great especially when i want to watch something on the tv like the kids are you know supposed to be sleeping but i want to watch something maybe that's more adult or something you know like like bridgerton yeah or like a loud musical or something and i don't want everyone to be hearing me watch the greatest showman so you know i i plug it into my my phone but it wasn't just a headphone you could do bluetooth headphones to your phone which is then picking up 
Right. The so audio. I was able to. I you could use Bluetooth headphones if you don't want to plug it into your phone, so that are connected to your to your your phone, or you can just plug it to your phone. But it was a great option to be able to watch without bothering anybody else in the house. And it's really great when you know we really want our daughter to sit down. She wants to watch something and you know, the baby's sleeping and we don't want to be too loud. So it's really, it's a great option. We've it's used a cool it a little, number of yeah, times. Yeah, a number of times. Like just when you, or maybe if somebody, you're in the same room or you're watching TV and your your husband's trying to read, trying to finish that great novel and you, <laughs> and Bridgerton is, must must be played for the 12th time <laughs> and you want to keep it quiet or whatever and you can do that. So that's a great option yeah, for it works you and awesome. your family. All right, so let's get into a few of our favorite channels. So obviously the first one, um, Ariel and I, debated we had great debates deep into the night on whether or not disney disney plus would survive or not and was it a thing we should really sign up for should we give in to the evil empire that we also love which is disney and support their new streaming service and of course now it's like the one we would never get rid of now that we have i fell i fell on the hate side but not for the evil corp element of disney plus but because i'm you know i'm i'm a sports fan i've been watching you know college football and, and everything and the ESPN apps, which was going to be kind of the basis of a lot of their streaming service, were garbage, just absolute trash. And ESPN is owned by Disney. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, well, if they're going to produce something of that quality, it's going to be garbage and nobody's going to like it. Well, it t- <laughs> turns out that they, <laughs> wah, wah. Like, like a month or two later, we were, we're, you know, we're subscribed and watching The Mandalorian. I'm like, wow, this app's really good. It's, it was a little clunky for. It's a, a little days. clunky for a few days, but they they ironed it out real fast. <laughs> they did. They must have paved over that, those software problems with a billion dollars. I don't know what they did. They brought all their developers in. Yeah, it work. It works great. And what I love is it's fully integrated with National Geographic. So they continue to come out with terrific educational content. Yes. I mean, they've got a lot of obviously. There's a lot of great kids shows, and there's a lot of learning shows and things that Disney has owned over the years. But just we recommend it here for homeschool just because of the national. Geographic, yeah, the Nat Geo um, stuff is amazing. Integration, it's yeah. really great. But it, it, it's it's slowly you know increased on our the hierarchy of our subscriptions. It sits in my book number two behind the YouTube subscription. Yeah, behind, behind YouTube Premium. Behind right. YouTube Premium, Disney Plus now lives you know eternally, and yeah. which means it leapfrogged for us uh, Netflix. Um, yeah, we use it more than Netflix and Amazon yeah. Prime. Combined, Combined, I would say. Now, yeah. Um, but so yeah, Disney Plus is great. They have a number of great, you know, there's a lot of like Disney nature documentaries and just some really, they, they tend to do some great animal based things. And then they get, they got Nat Geo. You guys have been watching um, documentaries on Machu Picchu mm-hmm. and a bunch of really great stuff they have. Our daughter is super into Egypt and they have a lot of great do- uh, documentaries on um, Egyptian artifacts and different but stuff. Really the great. reason why we're talking at great length about Disney Plus is that you get a channel that goes right into the Roku, right? So you don't need to, you know, change your input to your TV's iOS settings to do go into the, you know, the Disney Plus app that blah, 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 right? You don't have to do that. You just install the Disney Plus you know, channel on your Roku and boom, it's right there. Well, and the new Rokus, because we, the bonus yeah. from Roku we bought is newer, actually has a Disney Ch- Plus button yeah. on it. One of the buttons on the bottom of the, of the, there's yeah. some so, quick buttons yeah, on there's, the bottom. So they'll have like Hulu, they'll have like Netflix, Disney Plus and like ESPN or something like that, whatever yeah. it might be. And what it is, is these are quick, quick launch buttons. So when the Roku's off, if you just hit the button, it powers up the Roku, turns on your television, launches the app and it starts right up. So Disney Plus is kind of the number one thing that mm-hmm. Roku supports that we like. The next is maybe we'll do as a tandem, obviously Netflix and Disney Prime. Yeah, and Amazon Prime. There's some Sorry, really it, yeah. great. Um, there's some great documentaries on both. And there's some really great shows. We've talked previously about mm-hmm. how much we love Emily's Wonder Lab mm-hmm. on Netflix. Um, there's also Magic School Bus on Amazon Prime, which mm-hmm. always gives just great science information and is in a really fun format. So you'll find a few different PBS type shows that get get onto Amazon Prime but yeah. they both will have have a wealth of family oriented documentaries and things so um I, I wish it was all in one place you know I wish you could just go and you, know, but, you wouldn't but have this to go is, to the different places the fact that Roku supports the channels and when you you, so you hit the home button they're right there like like it's home, a, Disney Plus, and then say Lions, right? And it'll look and, oh, it doesn't yeah. really have anything. Okay, home, Amazon Prime, Lions. Okay, I've but, got yeah, something from on our documentary home, on Lions. Yeah, from our home screen, we can get the top three streaming services out there. Well, you know, Disney Plus, Amazon Prime, and Netflix. Right there, right, right on the home super screen. Super easy. Launches super quick. 
you know, I can go from TV off and to be into Disney Plus or into Netflix or into Amazon Prime within a minute. And yeah, within within ten seconds. Within ten seconds, yeah. It's I mean, super it's fast. super fast. So the next one, the one that actually we've been using, <laughs> which is slowly rising up the charts, is uh, PBS Kids. Right, and PBS Kids is a free a free channel on Roku now. So ours is integrated with our local PBS station. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm gonna say on this one, your mileage may vary because depending on the funding that your local PBS station has, maybe they offer different things on the app. So ours doesn't have all of the PBS shows, but it has a quite a few of them and they're full episodes and they're free and, and pbs is the public broadcasting system right so yeah like like bbc in england and, and yeah. cb was a cbs cbc in yeah in, in canada in Canada. so and, and it's got um wild Kratts, if any of you are doing torchlight uh she usually calls out something for wild Kratts, especially in torchlight pre-k there's just some really great episodes there there are full-length episodes on pbs kids also daniel tiger's on there daniel tiger um, curious george the and dino train that we've been getting into yeah dinosaur, dinosaur train, train oh, that, God. that our daughter really likes dino so, train dino train dino uh, pbs <laughs> kids is great right they just have uh, there's a bunch of sesame street on there there's uh, some full episodes and then there's some clips and things. Mo- Molly so, of Denali as well. Molly of Denali, yep. That's the one that our daughters recently discovered that she really loves. And it, it's a, if you're doing um, around the world studies and you're going to be studying uh, Alaska or native peoples, Molly of Denali is awesome. So there's some really good stuff on PBS Kids. It's totally free. Um, and, but, you know, as I said, I don't know. Every time ours pops up, it comes up with our local PBS station. Yeah. And so I don't know if your content may vary depending on your location. They do support like live TV option where you can watch what's on and live. You can watch and PBS, that might be yeah. where the variation comes in. Yeah, that might that may be. And then, you know, carrying on with the PBS thing is PBS documentaries. Um, specifically well, this, so this is the pbs app so app. there's there's a pbs kids app and then there is a separate regular yeah, th- pbs app. yeah think of it like a like youtube kids or netflix kids it's kind of they have their own kids version and then they have their main version. right but whereas like netflix you'd go in and you'd select, select either adult two, profile yeah. or kids profile in this case for pbs there's two separate channels you mm-hmm. have to install both and so regular pbs is what we're talking about here they have a I mean, obviously, PBS has got a wealth of great documentaries, but they have all of the Nova episodes. Every Nova episode. Ever every. come out. Um, they've got tons of great um, masterpiece is a terrific way to watch classic literature made into live action. And then obviously, obviously Frontline, which can tend to be a little bit more, I think, maybe older kids. Right. Yeah. Frontline yeah. is better for, um, yeah, frontline. you know political science type um, yeah kind of topical current events i, current I, subs- events. We, I, I know i don't know if you still uh, yeah. anymore but yeah i subscribe to the podcast and both the nova and the frontline podcasts as well so great way to get the audio version of the same video documentary right you were just looking the other day nova had come out with planets terrific yeah documentary series called planets it's called planets I, i've heard it described as uh tear inducing because it's so good like it's just the music and then the visuals beautiful renderings beautiful of, re- the, yeah. of it i think each episode is about different planets yeah, and so like, yeah all, um, all eight planets let's stress that eight planets poor pluto poor pluto <laughs> so poor pluto yeah pbs is great um so lots and lots of great documentaries and docuseries on uh, pbs okay let's get into it youtube yeah i mean really just go back to our youtube episode yeah. we gushed about youtube we we do love it because there's not only can you learn anything we watch a lot of how it's made on youtube mm-hmm. right our doc mm-hmm. our daughter's very interested in how everything is made and the machinery behind it and the processes yeah. she and wants things. to see how things work but there's also tons of um tons of short shorter form factor documentaries that are on youtube mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. kind of independent filmmakers and things so you can find a documentary on just about anything with youtube and the app is right there it's easy to use and you can voice search so i think it's just terrific and, and we talked a little bit about i think in that in that podcast but the ability to cast to the roku is very smooth um yeah be, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit in the future yeah under our advanced topics Ooh, advanced topics okay, we'll talk about <laughs> um the next one is the smithsonian channel yeah so there is a there's a bunch of free content on the smithsonian channel there's some things that you need to pay for uh, but there is a lot of great stuff. They've got great documentaries. I mean, the Smithsonian's I mean, very educational. It's, it's a gold standard. The Smithsonian uh, channel, actually, as, as well on YouTube, is very good too. So you probably get a lot of uh, crossover content there. Yeah, as well. and there may be, there may definitely yeah. be. And then NASA, NASA has its own channel as well. Yeah, and NASA has got a great stuff. So not only does it have um, live when there's a, a live event like a launch, but it's also got lots of archives. There's so much great STEM stuff on the NASA channel. Or if you just want a live feed from the. Uh, 
the ISS. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the NASA channel, right? You can't NASA, go Yeah, <laughs> and then Curiosity Stream, which is documentaries and whatnot. Right, so this one, it's a 100% documentaries, and they're all mostly science and nature. So it's $3 a month or 12 bucks a year for Curiosity Stream. So you can go online on curiositystream.com and look at the content that they have. If something interests you, then you can go ahead and you know sign up for it. Do- I've heard really good things about it. Dollar a month's not bad. I, I pay a dollar to Apple for... It's $3 a month. A, a, yeah, but 12 a year. Uh, yeah, that's, a month, that's yeah. right. Yeah, if you sign up for the whole year, yeah, it's a dollar a month. I mean, you can't really go I too get like wrong. I like 300 gigs of storage on Apple for a dollar a month. I don't even think about that. Yeah, and I've heard a lot of a lot of homeschoolers get a lot of value out of Curiosity yeah. Stream. So it's something, I think that they're, they're adding more documentaries all the time. So if your family's big into documentaries, you know, documentary, documentaries for us are one of those things that... Um, we don't like it to be like the main event. You know, we're not mm-hmm. all sitting down. Let's watch a documentary. But it's really great to have on in the background. You know, if your kids are doing an art project or, you know, they're coloring or doing something else, um, playing a documentary, you'd be surprised how much your kids will pick up by mm-hmm. listening to it in the background. And if yeah. you know, if you're one of those houses that you like to have noise on and things, um, it's a great way to do that without we, it just had, being cartoons. Yeah, we've had a lot of that with Nat Geo. That's been really, like, just throwing on a documentary has been really nice. Right, yeah. Even when we're just kind of moving around and doing dishes or making breakfast, the kids are playing and stuff. You know, sometimes it's nice to just throw on a documentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the next one, TED. So the TED Talks, the famous TED Talks. Yeah, lots of good stuff here. I would I would say this is also more geared towards older children. Yeah. Um, but, you know, TED Talks range, uh, they, they run the gamut from you know everything you can think of. There's a lot of them that are on YouTube as well, but they do yeah. have their own channel if you just want to browse through what they have to offer. Yeah, they have the mainline TED, TED Talks, which are pretty much always good. And they talk uh, a lot about science and technology. Yeah, too. They, they do. They really do. A lot of life science, social science, stuff like that. Um, one of the things with TED Talks, you can kind of get off the weeds onto the TEDx Talks, which kind of are like local, almost like the, I don't know, the the extension TED Talks. Mm. Those may not be as good, but you can get a lot of really good information from those. I, I've, there's been a couple out of like Olympia that they've had that have been really good. Um, but yeah, the TED the TED stuff has been fantastic. It's kind of very cutting edge usually. Well, yeah. And there's always, yeah, they, they always get kind of like these, I don't know, um, heterodox thinkers they kind of think outside the box they they're they're approaching same type of um you know the topics that are you know they come at it from different angles and Mm -hmm. so kind of like you know really engaging and if you think about it if you look back to you know if you've been to college you get kind of a lecture series you get people coming through i know at florida state they used to bring people through um, the science department and give lectures and they would always have it open and you'd always just say i'm going to go down and listen to that lecture for you know an hour and then maybe talk with somebody about something right or listen to the conversations and it really feels like ted talks are really nice college you know one snap you know one bite lectures about on a, on a very narrow topic yeah they're good you know it'll be some researcher or scientist that's yeah. you know committed all their time to studying about one aspect of you know the way the brain works or something and they'll talk on it and for me you know if i was going to go to a technical lecture that gets kind of boring but mm-hmm. ted talks are always really dynamic i find myself uh, always uh, entertained I think and they learning also, yeah. a lot. They also sell, they also, I think it's kind of, there's kind of a self-selection mechanism because they, the TED lectures are always very expensive, I think, to attend in person. Mm. And, you know, I, I think, I think they cost money to attend in person. But um, the thing is they always select for really good speakers. And yeah. so they're always very engaging speakers. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what, I think that's where they kind of get their, their reputation from is that they pull people who are not sitting at a lectern you know, reading off a script or, you know, reading from a teleprompter. They have to be very engaging. They have their whole slides memorized. They're just clicking things and the slides are going on behind you, behind them. But it's really them as a performer. It's almost a performance aspect, which is really yeah. fun. Okay. I think I think if you have kids who want to, like, learn something, it's best to get it from somebody who is a very good speaker and a very good deliverer of information. And you can get that on the Ted talks. Um, mm-hmm. Moving on beyond that uh, language learning. So, yeah. So there's a couple of different really great channels for uh, learning a language. If you want to help your child do that. So a uh, little PIM is 10 bucks a month. So yeah, they need to bring that price down. Yeah. It's a little bit um, innovative language is only a dollar a month. That'd be good so one. those are two uh, little PIM, which really more little PIM is, uh, geared more towards the really young learners. And I think yeah. that's why it's a bit more expensive. It's a bit more interactive and things. And um, 
just more more engaging for younger learners and and language in, innovative language is a little bit older um, but those are two great options to check out and you know you can really take a look at those and see if you're you, you want your child to learn a language but you can't afford to have a language tutor it's nice that they could you know if you could go on you could go on YouTube and say okay you know, beginning Spanish and whatever. And somebody probably has lessons there, but it's great. And when you go on there and say, this is the course and you start watching through the videos all in order. And it's a lot of times on YouTube, if at. you find a channel, it's hard to get, like you, you've talked about this before where you like, I want to learn piano. And it's hard to find a YouTube channel that has a playlist that says play, you know, lesson one, lesson two, right. lesson three. And that's kind of, what, and that's kind of what you want. They kind of, yeah, they kind of tend to be all over the place. So it is helpful to get a you know, if you're going to pay for something, you want it to be delivered to you in kind of like a natural learning progression. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm, I'm all about reading Spanish, all about reading Spanish, right? Right. Like you're not going to just kind of hop around and learn crazy Spanish stuff, but. Yeah. Well, and, and the other thing is when you learn stuff on YouTube, sometimes it's like they're trying to sell you on a greater level course too. Yeah, right, so yeah. I like that this is a pretty low barrier to entry to pay for something. I mean, if you had a language tutor come into your house, it's a whole lot more than $10 yeah, a yeah. month. <laughs> so, true. um, you know, something to think about if you wanted to look at a language and you can integrate it right into your TV. So. Yep. So let's get in a little bit of advanced uh, trips. Yeah. So this is the one. This is, guys. Well, we, let's talk about the first one you already mentioned, which yeah. is. No, no, I know. It's the casting of your screen to the Roku. Yeah. So for, for you know, just in the technical. Well, it's not really casting. It's not casting. Yeah. It's, so the term casting that you'll hear is where you are. The technical aspect of what you're, what's happening is that you're telling the Roku from an app to go get some information via the web. And the Roku then goes out to the web, pulls that information down, shows it on your TV. And a lot of times the app, if you're casting to the app, will turn into a different mode, say like YouTube. Right. And YouTube will then show you not the screen, but they'll show you some weird options based on being able to control what is being played on the television. So so th- this is where you would search on your phone for something on YouTube. You yeah. know, you're fast with your phone, whatever you can search. Somebody sends you a text with, you know, video to watch. You see something on YouTube or on Facebook. You click on it on your phone and there's a little button in the top that looks yeah. like a little screen couple little arches off of it uh you click on that and then you select your roku and boom the youtube video that was on your phone is now on your big screen but it's not streaming from your phone to the tv the the roku is going out to the internet independently and pulling that video down you can control what is being done there now that's what they used to have and they still have that that. that. and it it is super helpful but the new feature is the the screen mirroring that is now available so this was a feature if you have an ios phone or I, if, I think it probably works with Android yeah, as well. It does, it does. I'm but not if, sure what if the you mechanics have an, are. But. but if you have an Apple phone, you used to be able to do this, I think, on the Apple TV, mm-hmm. where you can mirror your device onto your television, which means anything that's being shown on your screen is being shown on the television. And there is a little lag because it is casting the what you're doing on your phone. It's onto, Bluetooth, isn't it? Or no, it's going through the Wi-Fi. I think it's going through the Wi-Fi. Right. And so... If you're reading a book and you don't want to stare down at your screen, you can throw your screen up onto, you know, the TV yeah, or your iPad. Or uh, you, yeah, you show your iPad. Or if you're writing your latest book and you can connect to the to the you know mm-hmm. the TV and you 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 have an 80 inch television that right. you can start so, to use as a big monitor. Right. It's so amazingly powerful and it's so easy. So all you have to do is open up iOS, and I don't know if it on the Android, but on the on the Apple phone and on the iPad. And we're talking about there have been you don't have to do anything special to your phone. It's it's a built-in feature, and you can connect directly to the Roku. Yeah, there's a little screen mirroring button. Yeah, screen mirroring button, and it takes I don't know a few seconds, and boom, it pops I mean, right it's up. It's very quick. One of the ways that we use this, just kind of so you can have an idea, um, we our our daughter uh, was taking Zoom dance classes, <laughs> and it was really difficult for her. We had an iPad, and we would kind of set it up on the back of a chair in the space that she would she would dance in in the living room, and she you know her teacher was real small on the iPad and stuff, but she felt like yeah. it, it was hard for our five year old to really engage with that. So so then I I've purchased a little HDMI to Lightning connector adapter where I was able to take the HDMI, plug it into the adapter, plug it into the Lightning port in the on the ipad and it was able to cast onto the television but that required a bunch of wires it required this mm-hmm. like 50 dollar adapter mm-hmm. and it was very kludgy and if you kind of wiggled the thing if it didn't have a good connection you'd lose connection now i'm able to just 
mirror the screen up onto the on the onto the TV wirelessly, and she was able to look at her instructor, right. her instructor, and she could see what the instructor was doing. Right, it was we put amazing. the iPad just below the television so yeah. that the the camera was pointing towards our daughter while she was dancing, so the instructor could see her. But then our daughter could see her dance instructor on the huge screen. The level of engagement was so different. It went through the roof. It went through the roof. So if you're doing any kind of like out school classes mm-hmm. or anything with your your homeschool charter, anything, remote learning, you know, anything, anything like that. Uh, it's a great way to just, you know, really bring it to life is to put it on a larger screen. We've also done different things where we're um, doing um, different like learning apps on the iPad, for example. So let's say that our daughter is sitting on the couch and she's doing one of her reading apps and I'm trying to make dinner or I'm doing the dishes or something. Um, If she's struggling with something, I can't see that, right? But if she has screen mirroring turned on, it's on the big TV, I can look at it and go, oh, you know, and I can help her even from a distance because i can see what's going on so there there could be a lot of great i think really yeah really the distance learning stuff if you're if your kid is doing kind of a zoom class anything like anything like that like you know musician or if you're they're doing something like with the dance class thing that we we were having to do um this this just took the level of engagement through the roof now you can do this on your phone you can do it on an ipad like we were doing I'm I'm almost certain you can do a very similar feature with the with Android. I don't know exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, and I'm for, not sure the mechanics, on the, but I'm on sure the Android that you side. Can. But on the on the iOS, Apple, uh, iPad, and I think the Mac computers all now support. I mean, Chrome, Roku now supports the screen mirroring option for iOS devices, and I cannot tell you how cool of a feature it is. It is worth. I'm going to say this. It is worth buying a Roku just for that feature. That's if great. you want to turn your tv into a giant extension of your phone of your ipad or of your you know your laptop and you have one of the apple family devices it is i i cannot tell you how cool of a feature it is you do it one time you're hooked you're absolutely hooked it is there's a, a slight lag so if you're, you you know you can't do it if you're doing anything that's performance related um, but if you want somebody to watch what you're doing like say you're playing a video game you know, I'm playing uh whatever Age of Empires on my phone or something like that, and your friend sitting next to you, you can both stare at you, you both can stare at the super small screen, or your friend can stare at the giant uh, you know television and watch you play, and everybody can watch you play. Yeah, it's been helpful. Like you know, we'll, we'll yeah. scroll on the iPad. There's some great you know, you go on to the NASA site, oh, or yeah. you can go on to National Geographic and looking up information about animals or Wikipedia or anything where you would sit and huddle or, over a or, screen together. Or if Grandma and Grandpa come over. And you want to flip through pictures that are on your phone. Cash, yeah. cash oh, your phone. So Start nice. swiping through your pictures. We've Amazing. done that with your folks a couple of times. Yeah. And it's been really terrific. Yeah. Anything where you would all huddle around some screen, a laptop screen or anything else. Cast it's it. just a great way to put it up on the big screen. Mirror, I'm sorry, mirror it to and, your TV. And involve everyone. And the lag that, that you're talking about, it's, it's, very, it's minor. very, very slight. Like you you won't notice it. But it's been great. You know, we've, we've been doing research together as a couple about... Mm-hmm. Like, oh, how do we do this or that? And you're like, well, I'm seeing this one. No, you know, we, we, we we've been building our our our, our uh, bookcases. Right. And, and so it's like, oh, we're watching, I, I, I know, saw this idea for bookcases. Yeah, okay, and we mirror the screen and we start looking. It's it's great for collaboration. Yeah, we find it to be a little bit better performance than if you were casting a video. Like if you're Much casting better. a video, there's a little bit of a delay there because it's got to connect, it's not got to play. But if you're mirroring your screen, you can just like hop right through it super fast. You don't have any of the kludgy um app delays that happen when you're casting a video um it's really just one to one it's whatever's happening on your screen is happening on the on the TV and it's it's just i think it's a better experience if you're just trying to like work together in a collaborative yeah, yeah. environment like when we were looking at the different videos on YouTube on you know how to put together these bookcases or something like that it was just it was just very enjoyable. You know, we're just so used to using mobile devices to find information and to, to navigate through that it's it's nice to have something that can make that larger and integrate with that because I find that I'm faster on my phone. Mm-hmm. You know, we all finding are. Yeah. a YouTube video or something, I'm much faster scrolling through on my phone and getting to it than going with the remote, click, click, click to go over, you know, and keep scrolling through videos and mm-hmm. things. So sometimes it's really nice to hone down and find the information I want on my phone and then just send it up to the Roku so that we can enjoy it rather than going through another app and going around that way. It's just faster. So now that we've gushed about Roku, 
let's uh, end it the way we've always ended with something that we're into this week. So this week we are in- into the story orchestra books. So I don't know if we've talked about the Shakespeare book before. Have we? You know, I don't know if we've talked about it. I think it's called... It's like the 12 Shakespeare stories or something for, like yeah, that. Yeah, there's there's a really great um, Shakespeare book that's made for young children. Yeah, like each story, like they, they lead right off with Macbeth, right? And it's like seven pages long. Right. It's just a, it's it's like an abridged version of Very the story abridged. in in um, more accessible language for, for kids. It's just think about it as like a, you know, a kid's version of the story, like, but not taking away, like, Killing King Duncan on the opening I mean, page. Well, like, there's a lot of death in Shakespeare. Yeah, there's, there's a lot, a lot of, of sex and death. I don't know what else to say. Yeah. So, um, you know, but, but it is like it's it's pretty cool. So it's the same book company made. We got um, it has our beautiful old, art. Yeah, we got our oldest the Swan Lake uh, version. Yeah, of she's it. got Swan Lake and the Nutcracker both. But the Swan Lake one, or I no, think, Sleeping Beauty. I'm sorry. Yeah, the Sleeping Beauty and the Swan Lake. So the Swan Lake one, basically, as you open up the book. You turn to the first page and you can read the story of what's happening. Really cool, beautiful art. Kind of, I don't want to say cutout style or art. Like know, it's a, really pretty. It's really beautiful. It's really, Her it's, daughter was engaged she, immediately. Yeah, and then what happens is there's this really cool feature where they have this little music icon randomly put into the into the artwork and you press it and it starts playing the Tchaikovsky song that fits that segment of Swan Lake. And then you flip to the next page and the button has moved to a new location and you push that and it plays that song and so on and so forth. So you, as you're reading the story, you're listening to the music behind it. And then when you get all the way to the end, it has a bio on, on Tchaikovsky and it has all the songs and you can see all the buttons that you were pressing through the pages. And it tells you about what the name of the each name of the is, song yeah, is. Yeah, it's amazing. And Tchaikovsky was our composer of the week the other week mm-hmm. and we listened to this one. Like, and it was very funny because my oldest has you know played with this book so much since Christmas that this <laughs> one movement was playing and she goes, oh, 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 I know this, I know this. And she runs into the room, pulls out the book, comes running back, flips to page four, smashes the button and it's the exact same song. Yeah, you were listening to it on like YouTube. On YouTube, yeah, we were pl- yeah, on our, our Google Home. And it, oh, okay. I was like, oh yeah, play me Tchaikovsky's Swan Lake or whatever. And it started playing. And she could actually recognize she recognized it from the book. From the book. And she would you know, run over there, go get the thing. That's great. It was so cool. And she really loves it. And, and the music and, you know. It's a short selection of the music. It is. But it it's, is. A, it's a great. It's, a, it's like what? Like 10, 15, 20 seconds of the song? Yeah. It's not yeah. super long. It's longer than I expected it to be. It is, but yeah. it's it's nice because it's a great retelling of the ballet. Um you know, making it ex- more accessible for children, terrific artwork, and then incorporating the music. I, our daughter was immediately engaged. Many times we have found the book open on the couch just so she can press the buttons and then dance for a few moments to the song, and then she'll <laughs> go back and press another button. And even the even the little one, the baby, is into this book. So we've had to we've had to pick it up and get it out of her path of destruction uh, yeah. because she loves to press the buttons and hear all the songs too. So it's been really engaging and I love, you know, there's a lot of books that music is integrated into and usually it's kind of throwaway um, for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't have a whole, it doesn't have a long shelf life and this I feel like it really does well, because the music, it's telling the story, right? And the music's so iconic, right? Yeah, it is and, and it, it has a purpose I guess is what I mean, right? there. I have, we have other books, we have some Beauty and the Beast books and things that have buttons that they push and it's like, Okay, the bell says the same line over and over and over again. It <laughs> yes. doesn't really mean a whole lot. Yeah. Uh, whereas this, it, uh, you know, as you listen to the music while you read those pages of what's happening, it's very cool. It really makes the story come alive. It's just beautiful. It does, and then you know, maybe one day you'll take her to, you know, a performance of it, and oh, she'll, yeah. she'll, she'll have already recognized all that thing. And that's that kind of goes back to my, my theory around classic literature. That, um, and I really hope that, you know companies begin to produce more content like this where you know i can read macbeth to my you know five-year-old or four-year-old and then i can go read you know in in like you know a seven or eight page it's just regular writing it's not you know shakespearean language or anything like that but she gets the story she's heard the story and then maybe in like four or five years she'll read something that's a little bit more elevated but still simple like you know roll doll level writing you know of that story and then maybe when we're a little bit older we'll read a little bit more complex version and then maybe when she's in high school, we'll actually dive into the actual text. And by then, it'll be like the fourth or fifth time that she's gotten it. And she'll already appreciate the story. She'll already appreciate the literature. 
and it won't be the first time that she's heard it. And then, oh, I have to read iambic pentameter from you know Shakespeare. Blah, blah. It's terrible. I can't. I don't even understand what's happening. And then you hate it, right? Right. But along the way, now she's getting iterations of it. And we talked about this in the the great illustrated classics, where we can read her a classic piece of literature. You know, she'll you know grok about five percent of it, and then a couple of years from now we'll do it again and again and mm-hmm. again, and then eventually she'll get you know. One day she'll sit down with me and we'll read Moby Dick together and she'll already kind of understand the story, you know, mm-hmm. and she'll, I think she'll appreciate it more. Right. And these type of things were, you know, Swan Lake, right. I mean, whatever, but it's going to be another book on the shelf, but it, they made it in such a way that I think it stands out as like a piece that you want to put higher on the shelf. Like all my grand base books are all high on the shelf because I don't want her to ruin those books because I think they're pieces of art. These are books that you put on the top shelf that you don't let just kind of like wander around because these things are important. It's good literature. It's good, you know, classic stuff. And it helps, I think, bring a lot of culture to them, right? It's not just the next Taylor Swift song. You know, it's orchestra music. Right. Something different. It's gotten her, I have to say, you know, we got these for her for Christmas, and I mm-hmm. really feel like she's gotten much more into classical music she has, yeah. since since having these. She's starting to appreciate it more, and, and she said, oh, you know, this this song I heard over here on the Google Home, it was it was kind of like this part in the, in the Sleeping Beauty story yeah, orchestra book. And she's making some connections and things that I don't think she would have, but tying the music to the story it really helped it to come alive. A lot for her. of a lot of the composer work that we've been doing with Blossom and Root this year, um, you know, we've added a few extras in there that you know just kind of liven up and get different things. I think that has really been coming through with her. You know, a lot of the movies she watches, you know, a lot of the Disney scores are just amazing, and they're really entertaining and great, and they have a lot of emotion, and she kind of feels that you know innately within you know her experience of you know just watching all these movies and that classical music kind of just fits into that because that's just kind of the music that they use and so i think getting that depth in there she has enjoyed classical music a little bit more than you know like this all this week we've been listening to miles davis right jazz and it's been different and you can tell that she like kind of like wow this is different Mm -hmm. you know this is this is fun it's kind of like you know jazzy and i feel like i can dance to this and so she's starting to experience different styles of music. And, you know, and with this is a great example of the classical music that, you know, just brings in that emotion. She can, she can feel the emotion. Like when we had Wagner week, my God, we were like all over the place on that one. You know, it was just a lot of fun, right? To just experience some really grandiose music. So well, anyway. It, it, and it's good too, you know, it, I think it, it changes. Uh, there's a stigma that uh, classical music is boring. Yeah. And right, nobody wants to listen to classical music, and so I think it's great. By so oftentimes you hear it without tying it to the story, yeah. and, and a lot of classical music is it's telling a story, and to to put those together, you know, I think helps get them off on the right foot when it comes to classical. Yeah. That it's you know, and the way these guys it's not did, boring because it doesn't have words. And right? the way <laughs> these guys did the Swan Lake version, it elevates the book oh, beyond just a. St- beyond just telling a, ch- a children's version of the story it elevates it to a, a new, new la- you know giving it that layered effect and i think that's what makes it really special so yeah. we hope you go out there give it a check um check it out try it at the i don't know maybe check out the shakespeare one i'll put the put it in the show notes yeah, as well yeah, put both of them in the show notes yeah these are keeper books i'd like they have a whole series of the story orchestra books uh our daughter is already pointing out to me the ones that we don't have and need to get <laughs> so um they're they've been very popular in our household and we plan to pull them out again when we study russia week mm-hmm. in um uh, our around the world kinder studies so mm-hmm. kind of a nice way too to pull them in for world studies Thanks so much for joining us today and making us a part of your homeschool journey. Please engage with us on social media. Join our Homeschool Together podcast group on Facebook and find us at Homeschool Together podcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, and recommendations. Until next time. Happy homeschooling!